This is Healing Choices, Conversations on Addiction and Recovery. In the past month, the clinical team at the Council on Recovery has been working hard to support the recovery community throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. One of our new virtual programs is a weekly educational conversation series on Zoom and Facebook Live entitled Conversations on Addiction, Recovery, and Family, From Our Living Room to Yours. This episode of Healing Choices is adapted from the first installment of this conversation series. Mel Taylor and Laurie Feaster meet virtually to discuss coping and practicing self-care during the coronavirus outbreak and social distancing. Hi, Laurie. Oh, hi, Mel. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Um, well, here we are in our offices. Uh, really, mine is my living room, my office, my meditation place, my music room, uh, all in one. We call it the studio. So, and I <laughs> gather your home and your office and working from there, are you? I am. What a, what a change of pace, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> we're working harder. Uh, interestingly so. enough, no breaks, right? I'm not traveling to go anywhere. I just, uh, yeah, it's all good. And because of that, you know, we're, we're talking today about the coping and self-care. Um, you know, I, I initially thought I was going to feel more isolated than I am because isolation is a recovering alcoholic or addicts enemy, man, it's scary stuff. Let's start by this, this word that I heard uh, our producer use, you know, coping. Mm. What's coping and how do we do that? <laughs> you know, coping is a skill that we develop when um, feelings or instances come up that we then can stay in our prefrontal cortex, basically. Um, where we can make those decisions based in information as opposed to reacting. That's how I would put coping. But coping can be, you know, also just breathing, um, taking a breath when we've got the news of, you know, someone else succumbing to this disease um, of COVID or and or relapse. I've had a couple clients over the last week, you know, really struggling and while they've had sobriety underneath their belt, their coping isn't necessarily working well because it's different right now. This is not your everyday uh, struggle. Scary stuff. Yeah, when when my toolkit doesn't have the tool I need to, to get the job going. Right. Um, yeah, so we talk a lot about in this pandemic and the, and the kind of isolation we're in, uh, I'm uh, 24 days isolated now uh, because I'm in that select age group of old guys that uh, I thought it would be better. And that's part of self-care. Yeah. Uh, very difficult to do. Hard to be uh, a leader of a nonprofit from home, so I thought. And I was reluctant to do it. Um, but it's self-care. And it, and it led me to think about all of the things that we need to be aware of is we're thinking about self-care and social isolation. What are some of the signs and symptoms that I might need to really pay attention to that? I know we've seen an increase in mental health issues. Um, I was reading statistically that suicide in some areas is increasing. 
Um, if you are listeners and now viewers, we have viewers, uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're tuning in on this. What would you tell them to look out for in terms of signs or symptoms that things may not be going well? Well, I guess the first thing I'd want to say is, as most of us are reacting normally to an abnormal time, and I think that's a really important sentence. Um, a lot of us have never been through anything like this before. Now, maybe our grandparents in World War II when there were shortages or famine and that sort of thing, but this generation has not had this experience. So, you know, the things that we uh, take for granted and suddenly gone can really um, throw us for a loop. So I would look out, I would look at for a decreased energy. I would look at for thoughts that um, are ruminating in the sense they go on and on and on and aren't necessarily really positive. Um, I've heard clients uh, talk about um, the uncontrollability of feeling like they can't really be safe in the sense, cause they still have to go out to work. Um, so that, that place that we don't have any control. Um, so I think those things that we have to be mindful of is, you know, how deep do we go? Am I not getting out of bed? Am I not functioning? Am I not eating? Am I not doing the hygiene? Those sorts of basic things are, the, I think, the ones we have to be really paying attention to. This is really normal to have sadness right now. It's really normal to have grief as people are passing in front of us or hearing about our neighbors or friends um, having the disease. Um, watching how this um, pandemic has affected our world, it's, it's really natural to have that. And then what do we do to take care? If I'm not doing that self-care, as you just said, then um, I'm on a slippery slope. Got it. So uh, trouble sleeping or sleeping too much, right? Um, Absolutely. Eating crazy. Uh, I know when I'm under stress, I tend to want to find the best, cheesiest enchiladas I can find. I, w- I want, you know, to eat comfort food. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I look at, I look at uh, you know, sometimes a little more sugar, a little extra ice cream at night. All of those things, I find myself now in the last several weeks uh, thinking more about, uh, you know, and paying attention to that and struggle with that. But, uh, uh, as I, as I've begun to think about all of this, you know, I, 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 Laura, you know, this from school, good old Maslow, right? Uh, we, we were all, uh, threatened. Our basic safety and security was threatened. And, and that's still there for a lot of people. Uh, every day they have to go to work or they're an essential like you, we're all working some of us are exposing uh our our health uh to clients they're still accepting walk-ins at the council offices and i and i know that's stressful just that in and of itself is stressful and then learning new new things to do wiping down mail <laughs> uh dis, you know disinfecting grocery bags i mean things that we've never done before. Uh, it, requires, it puts a lot of stress on everybody. Absolutely. So if we're going to let go of some of that stress, what can we do? I mean, there's some basic things, but if I'm an alcoholic in recovery or an addict, what can I do? 
Well, you know, it sounds trite. And I think every client that I've ever said this to will roll their eyes at me. And, and I've been one of the ones to roll the eyes too, is breathe. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> I probably could knock somebody out if they said that when I was in that spot, you know, and I'm in that tension and they tell me to breathe. But the truth of the matter is, is breathing is really what's going to help us settle. Um, it will allow that prefrontal cortex to come back online and we get to see reality as opposed to being the reactivity. So that's the first thing, you know, on, on the top of my 10 list is if we have to breathe. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many, uh, there's all kinds of other things. And you're one to know about meditation mm -hmm. and, and finding solace and, and quiet and stilling the mind is another. When we have... Um, this kind of fear every day and anxiety on the news every day, it's going to heighten our own sense of safety. Mm -hmm. So it, it, we have to find that breath. We have to find that stillness somewhere. Yeah. I, uh, as soon as this started, um, I'm a meditation teacher um, and I uh, have begun offering uh, on the council website meditations uh, daily meditations. Um, and of course, ironically, but not really, it's helping me as much as it is, I hope, helping others who listen in, uh, because I'm doing my own meditations and I'm, I'm responding to whatever comes up in my, my thoughts and my feelings and, and sharing those out loud. Uh, but I, it's the only way I know to do it. Uh, what I do know is that a, a mindful presence every day mm -hmm. uh, is really paying attention to our feelings and knowing what they are um, has, has helped me a lot. I, I, I got a list of things that I, I picked up. Uh, I think it was in Elephant Journal. I'll give them credit even if it wasn't them. But I wrote it down a while back ago, and it was a good one. It said, pay attention to structure. So do your morning routine. So get up and take a shower. I, I find now that at the end of the day, I might take a hot bath because I have the time. Um, and uh, also am very mindful of the fact that I have to take whatever medications I'm using or on, not using, not, in, not illegally or illicitly, but I pay real attention to my daily routines in the morning and in the evening. Um, I'm also <laughs> become a compulsive cleaner, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but it feels good to clean at least one space, you know, during the day. Um, and then mindfulness, you know, just staying present. Shoot, man, this is, I'm, I'm mad, you know, I can't go anywhere. I want to go hug somebody. I want to, and I can't, you know, mm -hmm. so um, I'm thinking about that as a, a person in recovery. Any, any help for me? Well, I, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head, all those things that we are used to doing, including routine and, and those, those hugs, those connections, we're limited now. And so we do have to look outside the box. Um, fortunately, you know, the stuff that I used to complain about with these phones and tablets that cause so much distraction, they're our lifeline now. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, just you and I greeting, I, I, my, I could feel my body, you know, less tense because there's my friend, there's my boss, there's my person that I know that I can connect with. 
And so, you know, that's what I have to do. And, and I'm encouraging all my clients is at least to get to reach out to someone every day to make that connection, whether it's on the phone or through these different types of Zooms or whatever, like figure out how to do it so that we can stay in that part because we need it. We are wired for connection. Um, this, is, this is the stuff that keeps us healthy. Right, right. I want to emphasize that again, if people are in 12 step, they know that reach out to another person. Yeah. But if you're not in 12 step, that might be new. The idea of reaching out to somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, can you say more about that? What would that look like? Or, you know, how do I find those people? Well, the good news, I mean, I, I, uh, the, the real blessing that I'm hearing from my clients is that they're attending more meetings a day now because it's all, they don't have a whole lot else to do. And so there's not, you know, there's not the drive there. There's not getting home and being too tired, all that stuff. So it is about finding uh, what you're interested in and it's out there. It's really just a internet check away. Um, I'm hearing more clients look at different types of meetings, um, going to newcomer meetings virtually, um, and there's a lot of people out there reaching out to those people. So I, I would just say continue to try. And if you need any help, we're, we are the place to call and we will give you that instruction. So are we at the council, are we going to have people available if people just want to talk and just call and talk? Absolutely. Yeah, a little bit about that. That's a cool idea. Well, we right now we have our intake. We're still open. I mean, in the sense our people are still manning our lines. We've got four people uh, answering phone calls all day long. Um, but in the future, we are going to offer uh, the same kind of uh, help. Uh, and I think we're branding that mental help um, to people that aren't our clients but need some support whether it's through, um, you know, they're, they're worried about their recovery or they want to get into recovery. There's having some anxiety, depression, those sorts of things. We're going to be here to help them. So a listening ear and a, a listening supporting ear. voice, someone who really Absolutely. does care. Yes. Um, yeah, but that's a great idea that, that you guys on the clinical side are doing. And I'm, I'm really happy that we are able to offer that and, and, and bring it forward. Um, I got a few more ideas as you were talking that uh, I've begun to, to look at um, in addition to identifying a spiritual practice. Um, mm -hmm. And I think practicing and getting grounded in a spiritual tradition, uh, even if it's just an exploration, maybe it's one of those, you, I've been meaning to do that, or maybe I will. Well, maybe this is the time mm -hmm. uh, you, that you could, one could explore and I'd certainly extend that invitation for people to do that. The other's on the other extreme. We've, I've seen lots of jokes about how tired we're making our dogs with all of the extra thoughts, <laughs> but, but there's really a lot of truth to that is get your heart rate up. Yeah. Uh, and what we know about depression and dopamine, you want to amplify that a little bit and talk about why that's important. Well, you're, I mean, you're right on in that sense is as we get to move and we use our body, our body is basically mediates itself. It moderates itself as we're able to use um, the different types of, uh, whether it's cardio or even just raising it above your regular heart rate helps us. It helps us be clear in our brains and our thoughts. It removes the fog. 
Um, and as we are active, um, that helps our spirit too. That helps us see, you know, if, if you look outside and today's a spectacular day to be outside, if anybody's out there, it's gorgeous. Um, we can forget for that moment what's going on. We can be right there in the present and that sun beating down at a seven degrees. It's just so phenomenal for Houston. So exercise not only will assist us physically, but it'll help us emotionally. Anybody that has any kind of depression or anxiety, if we're able to get outside of ourselves for those moments, and then saying that figuratively too, um, we have that much more space then to take those breaths. Good. Does Good. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly helps. And I know when I'm out there, I feel better because I know uh, I release a lot of dopamine when I'm exercising. Mm -hmm. The heart rate goes up. So whatever it takes to get your heart rate up is what you're right. saying. Mm -hmm. Get out there and do it and do it often, um, at least uh, uh, once a day, if not more, especially mm -hmm. I know when I'm working because I'm working pretty much all day that getting outside is so refreshing regardless of how good the weather is just to just to, to get out of no. the same the same four walls that I'm I've been in for as long as I have so let's talk about a, a, a little bit closer to the work we do is talk about relapse mm -hmm. a lot of people I'm, I've heard expressing in my colleagues and buddies and 12-step colleagues and so on that, that, you know, man, they, this is the closest they've ever come to slipping or using or mm -hmm. acting out. Mm -hmm. um, what advice would you, would you give them in particular that maybe um, they might need to hear again, even if they've heard it before? Well, again, you brought the, you started it with isolation. We are isolated. We're mandated to isolate right now, you know, um, and isolation is the disease's best friend. And I'm not speaking of COVID. I'm speaking of addiction. Um, you know, isolation will keep us stuck and will keep us in that stinking thinking and will eventually lead us to uh, use. So part of it, I'm going to sound like a broken record. We got to get out. We've got to get to those meetings. We've got to make connections outside um, the four walls. Um, if you don't have a sponsor, it's time. It's time to look at that. This is, if not now, when? I think that's yeah. your line. I stole it. Um, You're so it's, <laughs> it's time. We, we have this time. You know, I think that's the, one of the things is uh, let's pray we never have this time again. But, but while we do, let's use it wi wisely let's let's look internally let's see about the things that we need to work on let's let's get her done um moving forward so for those of us uh like me who have someone else in the home some of us have kids some of us have young kids some of us have teenagers bless them uh, that can be both an exciting opportunity and I know from my own kids, it can be very stressful when we're all in it, in outside together. Any thoughts on uh, bringing in outsiders or other people in our family to help out? It's okay to ask for help. This is a hard time. And I don't think that there is a manual that says how to parent a kid during uh, isolation time and COVID and, and worrying um, I, I can't even imagine what it's like to have children and this be out there and try to rein their activities in. Um, 
I looked at my neighbors yesterday as they were celebrating uh, Easter and had a little bit of fear because all the kids were out running around and, you know, I wondered what's going on, where are the parents? So I'm imagining they, their struggles. And so one of the wonderful things we do is uh, parent coaching. Um, yeah. we, we can always help with another ear and other resources. Yeah, that I, I would, would love to have had a parent coaching. I, I had twins, uh, I have four children, and my son now has three young ones, or one on the way and two young ones, uh, and bless their hearts, uh, they are full-time parents, full-time working from home, uh, and I can only imagine the, yeah. the stress that it, yeah. it must, uh, uh, and I think structure helps there too, you know, Absolutely. putting putting everybody and getting people involved. I've seen some wonderful ideas, getting kids engaged in doing things and giving them structure. Mm -hmm. uh, while they might complain, I know that kids like boundaries. They like mm -hmm. to have structure around them. And um, going back to my old daycare days, uh, when when we were we were opening daycare centers, it was not a, not enough just to watch kids play. Sometimes it's important to engage with them. Right, right. Um, some of my uh, older dads uh, and moms have, have said, you know, I'm spending more quality time now with my kids now that I have the time and I'm not exhausted at the end of the day. I'm available to be present with them various parts of the day uh, to be more checked in and more attuned. And it's really been rewarding rather than go away and play or put them on the TV or live stream. Uh, you know, really engage with them in structure. Cooking is a great thing to do with kids or building things, making things. Hell, make posters, right? Just make signs for the for the world. Any ideas come to mind as you're hearing me? Well, um, I do not have children, so I have those four-legged kids, and they don't need a whole lot except walks. Um, but I do hear from, you know, our adolescents and their parents, and I think that it, this is a difficult time because most of those parents are working. And so from trying to have their own boundaries with their job, working from home, and then to uh, challenge the kids to keep a routine, do the schoolwork is, is a big dang deal. Um, it's, I think, a really stressful time. And then to try to even maybe even have a date or have their own connection with their partner brings up even more stress. So um, I applaud those that I hear from you that are doing well with this, but I, I think it's a real struggle. It's a lot of work. I know that having raised four. Um, there, there's a, a couple more little ideas I have before we, we cut this off um, uh, that I picked up and someone suggested that now is the time to do one thing now that you'll be glad you did later. Mm just thinking about that exhausted me uh, but it was a challenge and 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 so i signed up for and am taking a, a master class in something oh, wow. that that i'd been really procrastinating something important to my work and to my professional uh time but but something that i thought now's the time i'll do that um and the other thing that someone else suggested that, that I, I made a note of to, to share today is let go of one thing that's keeping you from being who you want to be. Mm. 
and I, that sounds like a little bit like a cliche, but going through the process of identifying what that is. Uh, so for me, uh, I had developed already just being here for these weeks, developed a pretty bad habit of snacking and raiding the cupboard. Uh, I'm bored. Oh, let me go get something to snack on. Uh, you know, and it was, I'll, I'll steal this from Leslie Jordan. All I do is eat. You know, if we had to haul ass, it'd take two trips. And, and that's, um, I really feel like I'm, I'm eating a little bit compulsively. So I'm, instead of that, I'm breathing. Mm -hmm. Instead of that, I'm petting a dog. Instead of that, if, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to something important. So I'm trying to let go of one thing that is maybe not, not working and not helping and being mindful of that. Um, I think I would add to that, you know, one of the things that we have to, you know, incorporate in or not have to, we should rec uh, incorporate in our recovery is gratitude and, and being mm -hmm. in finding ways of looking outside and really seeing what we're grateful for. But the, the, one of the tools that I learned is, is listing three things that happened the day before that you know really set the day apart um and that's that's interesting because mm -hmm. you can really have some hard days and to search for those three things um and to make that list is pretty interesting that mm -hmm. not only helps our brain um, but it gives us a positive spin you mentioned gratitude um you know, we can, we can think ahead, you know, are we there yet? Is this over yet? And we could get consumed by that. Or we could find gratitude. Mm -hmm. uh, I was noticing how pretty those flowers are behind you. And it made me think, maybe I'll go, you know, pay attention to closer to the, to the flowers that are around my house. Um, you know, finding gratitude and appreciation helps me be less negative and more spiritually present. Um, and and I, I thank you for, for throwing that word gratitude out, out there because I think it's an important one. Um, and, and, and finally, I, one final thing that I see before we maybe think about what we would share with people as a final word, um, I have discovered what's called relaxing music on YouTube. I'll plug YouTube for a minute. But if you just go in and search for relaxing music, there's some amazing uh, eight-hour no-loop music out there, gorgeous guitar, Native American flute and things. And I've just started putting that on in the morning as my background music during mm -hmm. my meetings, during my phone calls, my Zooms, whatever. Uh, and I find that it's really given me a, a certain calm, a certain, mm -hmm. as opposed to stuff that's loud, that is kind of piercing or in my way, traditional music that I would, you know, rock and roll, I would normally be listening to. I've let that go for a while or not during the day. I might listen to it at night, but more getting in touch with, with, uh, you know, my sound, my senses, you know, sounds, uh, smells, um, just being aware of, of our, our own sensory experience really can help calm us down. Uh, Absolutely. Putting You're lavender. Talking about, talking about the felt sense and, and oftentimes when we're, you know, in our day, 
in our normal day when we're at work, we're zooming here and there. And I'm not even talking about on this zoom camera. I'm talking yeah. about back and forth mm -hmm. and everywhere. And we are so out of touch with our bodies. And this is a great opportunity to get inside and, and feel what's going on and make some connection to that felt sense. That's great. Yeah. There's, mm -hmm. there's a, um, an acronym that I know you guys use when you talk about checking in pies, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. our physical, our intellectual, our emotional, our social and our spiritual self. Mm -hmm. And we can, uh, we can do a check-in on those areas and, uh, to quote my favorite poet, you know, um, are you willing to spend time with yourself and discover whether or not you like the company you're keeping? Mm -hmm. And it's a great way to just get in touch. Do a pies check-in with yourself. Yep. And if something resonates with you, uh, maybe that's where you start. Well, I'd even go a little bit further. I'd, I'd say find a, find a, a, cl a, a club, a tribe, a friend, a parent, a somebody to do that with, um, because that's a, an important piece, because then we're also making that connection, and we're, we're helping each other know where we are. So find a home group, find a, yeah. find a group yeah. of people you're willing to be safe with and share your yeah. feelings. Yeah. Final, final note for our listeners and our viewers that you'd like to share. Well, I think this is the time for compassion, self-compassion and empathy for our brother and, and really just to know that we are in this together and, and there will be a way out um, if there's anything that the council can do uh, to help you suffer less, please call us. Thank you, Lori. Mm -hmm. And I would say uh, a key word that you, you just said earlier is take a deep breath and think about the fact that we're all, the entire planet of people are in this together. We're all having an experience and we're not alone. Mm -hmm. uh, and we don't have to go through this alone. Uh, and that there are ways to identify and reach out to people for help, for sharing, for gratitude and appreciation. Mm -hmm. So thank you all. Uh, I wish you safety and good health. And uh, the council is here, as always. If you should need us, we're here. This podcast is sponsored by the Council on Recovery, Houston's largest nonprofit provider of prevention, education, outpatient treatment, and recovery services. For more information on the council's work, you can visit www.councilonrecovery.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you or your loved one needs help with an addiction or co-occurring disorder, call 713-914-0556 to schedule a screening or assessment. You know someone who needs us.